Welcome to the She Surrenders podcast. I'm Sherry, and I want to share everything I can with you about recovery and what happens when you surrender your addiction to God and say yes to a whole new life. Now let's get started. And welcome back to the She Surrenders podcast. I'm, I'm really excited about today's interview. You're going to recognize the voice of Michelle if you've listened to earlier podcasts. In fact, she was one of my first guests, and she shared her story when she was one year sober, just a little over. And recently she felt it on her heart that she needed to keep talking because things have changed in two more years of sobriety. So now we're at three plus years. And I was glad that she brought this to my attention because so often if you're not in recovery, you just don't, you don't get it because like me, um, over eight years, I'm not working on not drinking anymore, but I am working on me because there's a part of us that we just numbed for so many years. And they say that when you become addicted is when you quit growing. So I was stuck somewhere in my thirties for a very long time. And I also think that in recovery, when you're, when you're recovering in faith, God wants more from you. He did not choose this for you to just be done drinking the end and move on with life. Now he wants to help us through our, through our hurts and our hangups and just make sure that there's nothing holding you back from a repeat performance of addiction and maybe not alcohol this time, but you, it could be something else. And you don't want to repeat the pattern with another substance or habit. So that's what we're going to talk about with Michelle today. And welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Always a joy to see your face on outside of our meetings. Michelle is part of our Joyful Surrender group. In fact, she's an admin in my group. And um, she's been with me from the beginning of starting that group. So yeah, we've been together a long time and we have these conversations every once in a while about, you know, what we're learning. And um, I'm just so glad you were prompted to start sharing that. So I'm going to start with that nudge that I talked about that you contacted me about. So what was that nudge telling you? Sherry, the nudge was telling me that reflecting back on my first podcast interview with you, uh, where I honestly answered your questions and spoke from the heart, but from that point of sobriety to now, I feel like so much has changed, so much has opened up um, that even though I tend to be a private person and prefer to be in the background, uh, I kept feeling God's nudge to uh, do a follow-up um, podcast interview with you just to share um, how God can really help guide us, um, when we eliminate the alcohol and start 
getting into the really fun um, exploration of who God intends us to be. So how do we find that out? Um, I feel like this is something that we talk about in our meetings a lot, what God's doing in our lives. But you got specific about wanting to find out because just a little refresher on your first podcast, which is number one, if you go on the She Surrenders podcast page, there, you know, like you said, you answered the questions you drank in college, um, like forbidden fruit and all the things. But there was a shift at some point where you started drinking to numb. And so there wasn't some big crackdown moment where you said, this is when I, not that we ever decide to become addicted, but this is where my drinking changed. Um, and so you went back to therapy, correct? To unpack some of this. And yes, I what, what have you found out? What, what is the, besides encouraging others to definitely pursue therapy because there is a lot we have to unpack as we continue in recovery, but you really have discovered some things about yourself there. Do you want to share a little bit about that? I would be more than happy to. So I decided to really take a deep dive into therapy. Um, I had, to be honest, brutally honest, I had avoided it. <laughs> uh, for a long time, I had had uh, different times in my life of seeing a counselor, but I would, um, I would label it more as like emergency therapy, triage, yeah. uh, uh -huh. in, in the midst of uh, a crisis. So it was very helpful at the time, but it wasn't ongoing um, therapy. So after eliminating the alcohol and being on the sobriety journey for uh, almost two, about two years, Sherry, okay. I explored my health insurance and um, my husband and I discussed uh, me pursuing doing the deep dive of therapy, and it's uh, I'm very grateful. It's affordable, uh, so um, he was very supportive of that. And I decided, okay, I'm I'm going to go for it. So, with that being said, I have been on this deep dive. And I would like to start my discussion with this uh, Bible verse, uh, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm. And I wasn't able to change, to truly change the way that I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling before working with my therapist, Mike, I was having a really difficult time changing some of my um, behavior patterns, thinking patterns. 
I was feeling very stuck, Sherry. Mm-hmm. So what um, Mike has. When you say stuck, do you mean stuck? Like, like I'm just doing life. I'm not moving forward. I feel like there's, or like there was a heaviness or, you know, what were you feeling when you say stuck? I was feeling stuck in terms of my um, relationships with others, my ability to uh, truly express myself, my thoughts and feelings without being fearful of their reaction. Uh, My need to please others, performance-based faith, feeling like I still had to earn God's um, approval and love and needing to earn others' approval, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So those are some areas that I felt continually stuck, that I couldn't seem to get myself out of those patterns. And the negative self-talk in my head that was a continuous loop. I was feeling very stuck, even though I I was praying to God and I was I was really trying to do some some work on it. I couldn't fully get out of that those patterns. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you sounds like you were kind of just sick of yourself, like, and how you were, you were dealing with life and you, that nudge was, you know, another nudge from God that there was more and you needed to dig into it. So yeah, a lot brave. And that's very brave because not everybody follows through with that. And just like how we say in addiction, we think it's actually easier to stay sober than it is to keep up your addiction. Just like we also tell ourselves it's easier to just not deal with something and just keep going when actually doing the hard work is worth it because you are able to move on, you know? So exactly, I feel like that was your goal, like to get there. And it is, it is hard work, but it's such beautiful work. Yeah. And when you're able to get unblocked and mm-hmm. unstuck uh, and be able to see things more clearly. Uh, right. it, it just enhances your relationships and relationship with God. It just opens everything up. Right. Um, so. So what happened when you started therapy or got into it, I should say. Well, again, looking back on the first podcast interview. So when I started therapy with Mike, uh, I was able to discover that at age 19, I drank in order to numb pain. Uh, And I had never been able to uncover that before. I had 
gone to college where it was a very um, embraced binge drinking type of lifestyle. And so my drinking looked like everyone else's. But deep down at age 19, my brother almost died and uh, was in the hospital for a very long time. And I drank definitely in order to numb and to uh, have an escape from that pain. And I knew it deep down, but I didn't want to admit it. And because my drinking looked like everyone else's, uh, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not doing anything quote unquote wrong. Right. Uh, And that pattern continued throughout my 20s, 30s, and my 40s, where there was this interesting ebb and flow cycle of I wouldn't drink for a while, and I was okay with it, and it didn't even take up any headspace. And then something painful would happen, some life event. And I would go back to the alcohol. And again, it would look socially acceptable on the outside, but I knew deep down that I was using it to numb out from the painful life circumstances. Then I would reel it back in for a while and the cycle would continue over and over. So I had to work very hard to get that healthy, quote unquote, healthy relationship with alcohol back after I would have these episodes of a few months of, you know, drinking quite a bit. Right. So So I had never seen it that way until I started working with Mike. Okay. And when you... When you think of the end of your drinking, like right before you quit or that last maybe six months or so, yes. did you link your drinking to what happened when you were 19 or was it now just drinking? I don't even know why I drink. I don't know why I'm addicted or I don't, you know, that kind of thing. On a deep level, I knew I, I did know, but I was not ready to admit it. Okay. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So the incident, so to speak, the time in my life of my mom's passing away was the catalyst for me to stop drinking for good mm-hmm. because I knew that. I was, again, drinking to numb the circumstances around me, and I did not want to live that way anymore. And I knew that my mom would not want me to live that way anymore. So on a deep level, I did know that it stemmed back from age 19, but I wasn't ready at all to admit it or take the the deep dive into it until Mm -hmm. therapy. Right. So how long after you quit drinking 
and were feeling stuck, was it before you decided to go to therapy? What was the time? Okay. So I stopped drinking in March of 2019 and I started therapy with Mike in early January of 2021. Okay. Okay. So basically year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. So about halfway through. Mm -hmm. So what would you say um, your biggest takeaways are relating why you drank and trauma and I guess your biggest takeaways from therapy, if you're willing to share that. Well, my biggest takeaways from therapy is I, I would, I would highly encourage anyone, anyone to give it a try uh, because there are things in our lives that are painful experiences that we've all had. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and they can, they can vary. Um, so we don't have to label them and, um, compare our, our, our painful traumatic experiences to anyone else's. Right. All been through difficult stuff and we can put it, lock it away, compartmentalize it. Uh, especially in childhood and early adulthood. And it's, it's easy to try to move forward and not deal with those things that happened. And what I am learning in therapy is that really, truly, in order to move forward in life, in a healthy, in a healthy way, you must deal with the past. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to uh, dwell upon it for a super long time. However, you do have to go there, even though it may not be fun or pleasant, but it is necessary in order to heal and have healthier relationships in every area of your life and with God first and foremost. So it can help you understand if you don't already as a listener, why you drank. It can also help you peel away some layers of gaining more understanding of there may be multiple reasons why you drink or whatever substance of choice um, you're you abused or behavior. So it can it can really shed some light uh, in in those areas. So I spent I think I I mentioned it in my book too. I always thought that prime opportunity or reason justifiable would be after my brother was killed. That's when I should have started drinking and I would have an excuse and people would be like, Oh, I get that. And just because I, what you're, what I'm learning from listening to you is that 
just because that's not where the shift occurred, it did affect me. And you let all those things in life start to pile up. And that is a lot of time what leads to the drinking, you know, hurt after hurt after hurt. It doesn't have to be just one, right? you know, because like after the, you know, your brother, um, being severely hurt when you were 19, that was kind of what started it. And it disables us from learning how to do life better as the years go on. So we don't feel like we're doing it as well as what we should. That's when drinking comes in really handy. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And then Mm -hmm. it becomes our, our, our coping tool, our go-to. Right. Right. Mm, So true. So today, are you still, are you continuing with therapy? I am. I'm very committed. Uh, On average, I am meeting with Mike almost once a week. Good for you. Yes. Yes. And there's always more to learn. Always. Always more to learn. And what I'm, what I'm learning, especially with therapy is it's not this checklist or this linear uh, journey. Uh, In all honesty, Mike doesn't give me a lot of homework because he wants me to actually get outside of my head uh, Mm -hmm. and to actually be more in my body uh, and to uh, experience more actual feeling instead of thinking, because I'm very good at the the thinking and analyzing and uh, talk therapy. That part is not difficult for me at all. What's difficult for me is feeling the emotions and um, really getting into that, the, mm-hmm. the nitty gritty with that, um, not talking about how I'm feeling, but feeling it, which yeah. may sound really strange, but uh, we can get so um, disassociated di- from our, our mind and our body. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not how God intended us um, to be whole, to be right. whole beings, body, mind, and spirit, right? Right. And um, I feel like if we tell ourselves the same story over and over again, we start to believe it ourselves. What yes. we want the world to see, what we tell them is what we start believing about ourselves. And pretty soon you're believing a lie about who you are. Yes. And that's, it's not a good way to live. It's very deceitful, not only to others, but to yourself. And speaking of feeling, so you are in school to be an addictions counselor, which I think we just, you just started that when we did the first podcast. Uh, I was, I think getting ready to start it. Yeah. Yeah, Because I started that fall. A whole new career. Yes. And what I have you've become my science girl because you love the science part of addiction, you know, studying that and and doing that. 
And I'm just thinking to myself, no wonder she loves the science because science is facts and analytics and has to make sense. And it's easier to deal with science than feelings, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm one of those people too. Like if, if you can tell me all the scientific reasons that I became an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I don't need anything else, but really I do, you know, I need to do the work. All of us do that. You're doing, you know, I'm the one that walked into therapy years ago while I was still drinking and, and really wanted this therapist to tell me that, you know, here's the reason you have a drinking problem. If we work through that, we'll stop. Right. I did make this announcement when I walked in there that, um, so I don't want to talk about my past because there's nothing there. Everything's fine. And I hadn't, I didn't have any trauma and my problem is today where I am today. So I would like to start here and he agreed, but over the next year or two, found myself talking about the past and almost like I was tricked into it, but that's the attitude we have. Like, let's not go there because that's painful. And there might be something there. I don't want to know, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but without doing that, we are going to stay stuck and we are very, um, very much exposed to the potential of using another substance or a habit to continue to ease the hurt or the voice that tells you you're not good enough, or your self-esteem, all the things, all the insecurities. But there's really only one way to fix it. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God and a good therapist. God and a good therapist. <laughs> yeah. God and Mike, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, I totally agree with you. I'm often um, I'm mystified how others go through this journey without their faith. And, um, as their main tool, it's mine and I know it's yours and I know many others that it is, but without that, there's not a whole lot left. It's just you and figuring it out. You know, we, we can't, we, we, we cannot figure it all out ourselves. We, we can't. No. Well, not I applaud you for going to a therapist. What was that? Sorry. Not humanly possible. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. But we do have this wonderful tool that he's given us in himself and um, also the power to forgive ourselves and move on and keep moving forward. So I, I can't thank you enough for the encouragement. I'm sure you've given to many listeners today that therapy is okay. And you had some tips for us as to maybe how to find a therapist or work with your budget a little bit. And I thought those were really good things that we talked about. So if you want to share that, that'd be great. Absolutely. So when I had some uh, emergency therapy, so to speak, uh, thanks to my husband, uh, he had encouraged me to explore the employee assistance program. And I had a wonderful therapist. It was, um, it was complimentary. I had quite a few sessions and that was a great place to start. So you could explore that. And again, it is entirely confidential. Uh, you could 
contact your uh, health insurance and find out how um, how it works um, in terms of counseling and uh, try to find something in in your budget. Uh, also, uh, I know through my church, uh, there is some complimentary Christian counseling. And I had uh, explored that with uh, one of our pastors and uh, they had, they have therapists on staff. Uh, so you could explore that as, as well. And I know through my church, they had a payment program that oh, was wow. um, very affordable. So they literally work with you in terms of what you can afford and get on a payment plan so that no one is going to be turned away. So there are there are a lot of options that you can work with uh, depending on your, your budget. And it can be uh, an easy find with a therapist or it may take some time. Uh, it's, it's not a one and done. Uh, it can be an amazing qualified therapist, but if for whatever reason you don't seem to click with him or her, do not give up. Uh, it's like a hairdresser or (laughs) a doctor, uh, or a physical therapist. You may just click immediately, or it may take a few tries to find the right fit. Please don't get discouraged. Right. I know a lot of people that it hasn't been a good fit, you know, the first meeting and that's okay. It is Um, okay. Another resource is, um, I know my daughter recommends that you look in psychologytoday.com and find a therapist in your area and, you know, Yes. It's very easy to narrow down a good fit there. And I feel like on the with the aftermath of the pandemic and where a lot of us are emotionally the last couple of years, I feel like resources and therapy is being offered through work more than ever. And, and honestly, not that it really matters, but I feel like it's more socially acceptable than probably what it ever has been as well. I agree well. with that too. You know, because back in the day when I went, um, I told no one, no one knew. I was mortified. And I think that also held me back a lot from it actually helping, you know, because I was more concerned about how screwed up I must be <laughs> than the, the, actually pursuing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I just feel like so much of that is gone today. So anyway, but well, thank you, Michelle. I can't thank you enough for wanting to come back and share more and share the things that are important besides just sharing our story. It's how the journey continues. We hear so much about the first year of sobriety or how we quit. And those, those stories are really important too, but what about beyond? And this is just a great example of that. So, and giving back. So I really appreciate it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Sherry. Thanks for listening. I invite you to SheSurrenders.com where you will find your community for faith-based recovery. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Thanks again, and we'll see you back here soon.